Ciao a tutti and welcome to the very first Rossoneri Offside, the official podcast of SP Nation's Devil Wears Rossonero. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside Tim Fontenault at Stoll underscore P, at Tim underscore Fontenault, and at SPN Rossonero is how you can get a hold of us. And if you tweet us, make sure to use the hashtag RossoneroPod. Some news on AC Milan this week. Torino's Andrea Bellotti may be a target for the Rossoneri heading forward. And Reno Gattuso in the plans for the next 10 years, maybe more. Plus, a look forward to the match on the weekend at Spa. That's all coming up. But first, Tim, my man, good to be on with you. Yeah, you too. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to really start an AC Milan exclusive podcast, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if I have seen one. There are some good Italian uh, football podcasts out there, uh, but I'm not sure if there's one exclusively AC Milan, so I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. I may have seen one or two, but not as consistent as I'd hope. So I'm glad I used to do this for a couple different things, but this is the first time I'm doing one for AC Milan, and it feels really good. I'm, I'm definitely excited. So before we dive into some of the headlines of the week, um, obviously some big names being thrown around uh, between Gattuso and Bellotti. How did you become a fan of AC Milan? Because I have a unique story, and I have a feeling you do too. How did you get to where you are? Mine was actually, so I'm coming in on almost 15 years as a Milan fan, and obviously, we're over here in the United States where back then, 15, 20 years ago, it was hard to follow those kind of leagues, Serie A, La Liga. Uh, you had to order some premium channels, so it was kind of tough. And I became a Milan fan through FIFA. Uh, I, nice. Uh, my first copy of FIFA that I ever got, I was like, okay, I'm 50% Italian, 50% French-Canadian, so I got to go the Italian side if I'm picking a soccer team on here. And so I go to Italy and right up pops Milan. I see how good they are. I like the colors and I start playing with them. I'm like, man, this team is awesome. This is back 2003, 2004. So right around that champions league title with Shevchenko and all those guys like, man, this is awesome. And I start seeing them on TV champions league picked up right around Istanbul. So that was a little frustrating. What, what is the, what is Istanbul? I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure I, it's people say just that this word. thing that people talk yeah, about, I know, yeah. but uh, I, I'm going to make a rule right now. It's never coming up again. Nope. I don't even know <laughs> what an Istanbul is. But it, it was cool because right after that was Athens. And so obviously picking up that Champions League title and it's been all downhill since, but you stick with them. Absolutely. Well, I am going on less than 15 years. Uh, so I became a fan in the summer of 2012. So Ooh. I have experienced no joy. Uh, there is no. There are very few positives <laughs> uh, in my experience. Yeah, that was poor timing. yeah, it was really bad timing. So uh, when I was a junior in high school, uh, there were some Italian exchange students at my high school, and I became pretty good friends. Uh, with a couple of them, and the ones who I was friends with uh, were AC Milan fans. Uh, there were a couple of Juve fans, and there were a couple of Inter fans, um, but I just happened to be good friends 
with the AC Milan fans. And one of them in particular was a very close friend of mine. And her father actually worked as a doctor for AC Milan for a while, for decades. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, really? So (laughs) um, when she went back to Italy, um, I just started kind of following the team because she said she was a fan. And I started kind of looking at results. And like I turned on score notifications so I would know what was going on. And the name I kept seeing pop up over and over was Stefan El Shirawi. Stefan El Shirawi. <laughs> so he was my first favorite player. And in that summer, when I had started watching or keeping track of them, I was like, well, I know they're the ones with the red and black stripes. And for whatever reason, I knew that Ibrahimovic played for them. So I was like, oh, let me look at jerseys. And I kid you not, when I Googled it, Ibra had been sold. And so then I looked at the roster and I was like, oh, wait, Tiago Silva, that sounds familiar as well. And yeah, he was also sold. So I was like, oh, wait a minute, (laughs) what is going on? Uh, Little did I know what that really meant. And now, of course, I look back at it and cringe a little bit because I'm like, oh, God, like there was never a replacement for them, were they? Um, God, (laughs) so that's how I became a fan. It strengthened from there. I got an El Shirawi jersey um, the next spring um, and then Balotelli came in, and that was really exciting. Ah. Uh, that was the season that Maxes um, headed us into the uh, Champions League, and Fiorentina was so oh, bitter. That's right. Um, and then um, I watched the the next year. There were more Italian exchange students who came for a year, and yet again, my friend was an AC Milan fan, and so I watched with a handful of people. Uh, Milan beat Barcelona 2-0 and I to this day have never seen a man happier than when the uh, uh, Boateng goal went in than my friend was that day that and I have uh, you know I've been to weddings and I have not seen someone as happy as this man was and so that's that's kind of how I got here it's just kind of gone ever since I I write for Italian football daily um, and I actually host the podcast there as well. Um, and then I am a, an associate producer for uh, Counterattack on Sirius XM uh, FC. Love uh, that show. I'm, I'm glad. That's, I mean, that's a great thing to hear. We're doing something, <laughs> right? So whenever, if you ever hear them mention Patrick or, um, you know, producer Patrick, that's me. And I always get busted because of how poorly Milan was doing. But, you know, that that's... Uh, <laughs> That's all right because uh, they they become my team and like you said you you stick with them. So exactly now that we've kind of gotten a little bit of an introduction, I figure we can just dive into some of the news. There were a couple big names that came out during the week. Uh, one is currently at the club and one was linked to the club earlier and the deal fell through and now he's back up again. So. That would be Andrea Bellotti, the striker for Torino. At the ripe age of 23, was one of the leading scorers in the league last season. Uh, Of course, behind Edin Dzeko, who couldn't stop scoring. But Andrea Bellotti is regarded as one of the young, good, quality, promising strikers in Italy. And he's been linked away from Italy, but he grew up as a Milan fan and... Reports came out this week that Milan might want him 
to add later in the season, or excuse me, over the summer. So my question to you, Tim, is what do you think about the potential addition of Andrea Bellotti now as compared to when we were linked to him over the summer? Oh, man. Before I jump into this, I just want to go back real quick as uh, we were talking about counterattack a little bit and just give a big congratulations to Brian Dunseth, who just became a father again. Oh, yeah. Uh, big fan of Brian again, as a player yep. and enjoy him now as a RSL's color commentator and on counterattack. So congratulations, Brian. Andrea Bellotti, man, that is that news really frustrated me when it came out this week because, I mean, we should have brought this guy in over the summer. I know it ended up being Andre Silva, but, man, what could have been? I just It didn't make any sense to me that we didn't bring this guy in after the year he had. He's destined to win Capacanan year at some point in his career if he stays in Italy. And we should have just finished the deal in the summer. I know there were some holdups, but clearly the club made money no issue after the takeover. And it should have been something we got done. He's obviously struggling now, but if he had come in and been part of this Milan club that he's, you know, he's grown up a fan of. And obviously goals haven't been our strength either. So maybe it could have been a mutually beneficial move. But now if... He's going to be struggling like the way he has. I mean, granted, he's at Torino. It's a tough tough club to play for. Obviously, Sinisio Mihaljevic didn't really pan out there. It drives me crazy that this didn't actually get done, and I think about how much better off we could have been right now because, obviously, the defense was a bit of a mess at the start of the season, and that was kind of a cause for some of the struggles. But now I think that ship started to straighten out a little bit. Things are going better in the back. Still not great, but... Part of the problem for Milan right now is they're not scoring goals. And maybe that's down to not being able to get the ball into the box, not being able to find the target guys. But if you have Belotti, a guy who put in 26 goals last year, and not to mention he also added eight assists, man, what, what could have been? So I definitely see where you're coming from. And just as a correction, I said he was 23, he's 24. Uh, minor thing, but you know, I, I don't want to let facts get in the way of a good story. So... Like you mentioned, 26 goals in 35 appearances, along with 8 assists. This year he has 7 goals in 20 appearances. He has struggled with a little bit of an injury. Over the summer, I was definitely a fan of trying to bring him in. I wanted to see him in red and black. I wanted to see what he could add for us up front. At that time, we didn't know what Patrick Cutrone was. Now we do, and quite frankly, we have no idea what Andre Silva is because he can't get off the bench for whatever reason. Then there was Kajanic, and obviously I would take Belotti over the likes of Nikola Kajanic every single day. Um, Kajanic has been an absolute flop. He, I, I don't want to see him in the starting lineup again, ever again. You know, when he came in, I thought that he was going to be, let's say, the Coppa Italia striker, right? I would be perfectly content with that being Belotti instead. That being said, we spent a whole lot of money on a whole lot of players. And given the financial situation at this point, it doesn't sound like we could have afforded to really spend $100 million on another striker. Also, I don't know what position that will put Cutrone in. He might have, for all we know, he might have been loaned to Torino. 
I was frustrated that we didn't get him, but I wasn't too bummed out because I said, you know, we did bring in Andre Silva and we needed that help to replace Carlos Baca. Now, Silva hasn't stepped into that role, but I also don't think he's been put in that role, if you know what I mean. He hasn't been given that chance. I think Bellotti would have, but given his injury problems he's had this season, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but I wonder how much he would have been able to do, especially since at the beginning of the season under Vincenzo Montella, the whole team was struggling. You know, there were issues outside of Bonaventura when he's healthy, Suso, uh, and Cutrone. There's been inconsistency all over the pitch. From the back of Bonucci struggling in the beginning of the season, Donnarumma having some rough moments, uh, the midfield struggle of what do we do in the middle with uh, Montalivo, Bilia, uh, and Locatelli for whatever reason not getting in there, and then moving forward to the carousel that has been the striker position, do I think Bellotti would have been a good player? Yes, I believe he's a great player. I think he's going to be you know, one of the next great Italian strikers, especially on the national team. You want to talk about someone who needs a striker. If you look at, there's a reason that like Manchester United wanted this kid. There's a reason Chelsea wanted this kid. There's a reason that Urbano Cairo of Torino was holding out and not selling him because he thought he could get a higher price. Whether that is at Milan or not, I think he's going to be good. Would I love to see him in red and black? Yes. Would I love to see him in Seth Kajanic? Absolutely. But now, if we're looking at the other two strikers we have, we've established he's better than Kajanic. Look at Cutrone and Silva. Yes, Bellotti is better than probably both of them. But we don't need Bellotti now. Unless we were to sell Silva, like if Silva gets sold over the summer, that would probably be due to a certain financial situation that has not really been uh, having a positive outlook uh, in recent weeks um, or recent months. Uh, if we sold Silva, that would probably be why. Which means, would we be able to spend that money on Bellotti? If we're going to spend money on Bellotti, that's going to be like anywhere from 50 to 75 million at this point. Uh, I was going to be 100. He's taken a step back. I don't think he's a 100 million euro player, but I wouldn't count out 70. I wouldn't count out 65. And if Milan are going to spend that much, are they going to spend that in a position where we already have two very young, very quality players, or are they going to spend it elsewhere? So I don't know how I feel about this. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Bellotti in an AC Milan jersey, but it's almost on the point of we don't, now we don't need him. If you had told me this in June, which we heard about this in June, I was all in. I was like, bring him home. Let's do it. Let's put him up front. And that secures that position for years. But we have that position secured for years. I'm very meh on this. We don't, we don't really need him. I'm a fan of him as a player. And wherever he goes, whether it's Milan or not, he's going to be really good. Oh, absolutely. And I think you, you made a great point right there because, you know, when we're looking at this in hindsight, uh, obviously at the time I wanted Belotti. 
But we were all very excited when Andre Silva came in. We see a lot of promise in this kid. We saw what he did at Porto. And then on top of that, the summer that Cutrone had with, with what he was doing in the preseason matches, and he's shown glimpses of that again in Serie A and the Europa League, Coppa Italia. We've seen what he's capable of. So now, like you said, I don't think we need him as much uh, below T. And if we were to bring him in, it would be if Andre Silva was to leave. And then I'm still not sure it would be worth spending all that money. I mean, maybe they would find themselves in a situation where they could do something like they did with when they brought in Zlatan, the loan in the first year. And then if it works out, I mean, they'd still probably pay a bit of money as part of the loan deal. But go from there. And I think, like you said, the money's probably well spent in other places. I think part of the problem at the beginning, and I think Milan is still trying to move out of that Montella phase, is that the way the team was set up under Montella, it was really uninspiring going forward. And that's not necessarily on Silva. Kalinic, who we both agree is very, very disappointing. Just a bang average player. Just a bang average player. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I was kind of fooled by what he did at Fiorentina. Uh, I mean, I think the way the team was set up, this three-back system that Montella obsessed with, I think it was a way to try to make Leonardo Benucci's move into the team more comfortable. He saw how successful Benucci was at Juventus playing alongside Barzali and Chiellini with the wingbacks under Allegri. And... It's pretty obvious. I mean, as much as Romagnoli has potential, he's he's not Chiellini, and Musaccio isn't Barzali. And obviously, Ricardo Rodriguez and Andrea Conti are both capable of being good wingbacks in such a system, but both of Conti hasn't played in a long time, and Rodriguez has been dealing with injuries as well. And obviously, you need that three those three backs to be cohesive, and that just wasn't working. As we had Donnarumma struggle a little bit. And they would they would do this thing where they'd get a goal early on in a match and it would be great. But then they just kind of sit back and they were they seemed to be fine with the goal and they weren't inspired to go forward anymore. So when you need that goal, once the other team breaks through and they tie the game, there was no energy going forward. So Silva was trying he was trying way too hard to get the goal he still doesn't have in Syria and Kalinic he's a target guy you need to be able to bang the ball forward to him and no one was capable of doing that so I think with Silva and Cutrone we have two guys that are full of potential full of goals they just they're still waiting for those for those goals to come and the way the team's set up now the way Gattuso has the shape uh, you have Chalanuglu on one side, Suso on the other, Kessier marching forward. I think there's a lot more possibility of two, three goals a game. We're not seeing it now, but if those guys can get a little confidence, it's in them. There's actually a pretty good segue because speaking of confidence, Reno Gattuso was linked this week to staying at Milan for a very extended period of time. And uh, if you missed the news, you can check it out on our website, acmilan.theoffside.com, a part of the SB Nation network. And uh, you were actually the one who wrote this article. but um, I did, yep. Uh, AC Milan sporting director, Massimiliano Mirabelli, 
suggested that Gattuso could be in charge of the club for the next 10 years. And his quote is, I hope that he can remain our coach for the next 10 years and not just for this season or the next. We've not achieved anything yet, but the team is playing more and more like a team. Uh, they can hold their own against anybody and are battling it out on three fronts. So, <laughs> so where do we want to start? Um, this, keep in mind, obviously, especially in this day in football, is an absurd amount of time. So much so that it would break the Milan record for longest tenure by a manager, which is tied at eight years by Carlo Ancelotti, who obviously was brilliant in his position, and Herbert Kilpin, the founder, the first manager of Milan, who was in charge from 1900 to 1908. And even that wasn't entirely consecutive there were other guys that were in there but this is just absurd how do i put this i appreciate what mirabelli is saying yeah i would hope that gattuso stays for 10 years as well i would hope that he's that good and that we just have that consistency at the manager position that we have not had since they won the shudetto i would love i would love nothing more than for reno gattuso to be in charge of this team winning titles I assume, with this squad and the club that he bled for, right? Bled many times for. <laughs> right, exactly. But here's my thing. I get the spirit of it, but when it comes right down to it, that is not going to happen. I give Pep at Manchester City right now, I give him five years. The regular time for a manager is like two to three years. If you're good, you'll probably be there maybe five or six. But Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, that doesn't happen anymore. So I don't. I hope that when you hear this news, you don't think, oh, yeah, think about it. Really think about it. If Carlo Ancelotti can be at Bayern Munich for a season and then get sacked, if Antonio Conte can win the league with Chelsea, in his first season, and now we're having conversations about whether he'll even be there next week, if Jose Mourinho can go back to Chelsea, stay there for two years, win a title, and then be fired, the, the list goes on and on. My God, there's no chance of Gattuso staying for 10 years. I get what Mirabelli's saying. I agree. But let's be realistic. Now, I was talking to you and some other staff members uh, at the AC Milan offside about this. And my take really is, I just want a plan, right? If he's supposed to be the interim manager, so be it. Like, as long as he knows that and the ownership knows that, like, hey, we were in a bad spot. Can you help us out? And then at the end of the season, you go back to the Primavera or, you know, do whatever you need to do. But this is a temporary thing. If that is the case, fine. If he is meant for the long term, right? If he's supposed to be here two years, three years, four years, apparently 10 years, that's also fine. But if that's the plan, stick with it. I don't want, I really do not want to be next year in February talking about the new manager, 
right? I don't want to be talking about the firing of Reno Gattuso. I also, just on a basic club level, don't want to, to cast aside another club legend, right? Did it to Pipo. Pipo, Seedorf. My God, we've gone through, how many different managers have we gone through since Allegri? Seedorf, Pipo, uh, Miha, Montella, Gattuso. This is six. Gattuso is the, I was looking at this yesterday, he is the seventh person to be in charge since Allegri. And of those, five of them are former players for the club. Mauro Tassati, who was the caretaker only for a few days uh, until Clarence Sadarf took over. So, yes, let's six is the actual real number. Uh, but, I mean, how many times were we banging the drum for Mauro Tassati to be the manager? Clarence Sadarf gets cast aside. I think that was insane. Uh, Pipo Inzaghi gets a sack. That didn't work out. I think he was pushed up from the Primavera way too quickly. Now he's doing great things with Venezia, and everyone should be rooting for Venezia to be promoted at some point. They're in, they're in good position right now from Serie B. Uh, Christian Brocky saw them through after Mihalovic was sacked in 2016, and now Gattuso as Montella's replacement. The coaching carousel is out of control. What I want is a plan. And with the plan comes stability. Again, if Gattuso is only meant to carry us into the summer in one piece and say, hey, look, we are in a really bad spot when you took over, but you, you got us through. We're good. Thank you very much. You know, you can stay on the coaching staff, but we're going to pursue our, our options of, you know, maybe Antonio Conte, maybe Carlo Ancelotti, maybe Maurizio Sarri. I don't know, but like, if, if that is the plan, that's fine. But if you want him to remain here, let's stick to that and invest in him and really make it so that he's in a good position and not put him up to fail like they essentially did with Montella. I mean, that's not the job that Montella signed up for. He was brought in because they weren't doing very well and he was a step up in their mind over Mihailovic. Correct. He was kind of like the golden boy when he was at Fiorentina. Everyone kind of saw this as the next step for him. Then the investment that they made completely changed everything. Because then the expectations on Montella, instead of it being a project, it became, all right, like, you have no excuse to not win now. Sorry. Like, hope you win. And then surprise surprise getting 12 different players into the squad and really meshing the team together didn't work out so hot but I don't think he was the best manager anyway um of course now he's with Sevilla and they're in the Copa del Rey final but you know it's fine um my problem with Montella was I I agree with you a hundred percent they put all this money into the club and it was a completely different club than what he had signed on for it was just when things weren't going right at the beginning of the season, it just seemed like he was content on not changing what was going on. He was all in on this three-back system, which obviously changing systems is pretty difficult, but he just there was no desire to change, and there was this, I think of the gif with the dog in the burning house where he's like, this is fine, but it just, I think they had to move on. And I agree, Gattuso, if you're going to go with this guy, commit to him. My only concern with Gattuso right now, because I'm seeing a better club. I'm seeing a more inspiring club. 
And I, it's not just from inside the club where people are saying this uh, Kaka Kaladze, Gattuso's old teammate, Champions League winner at Milan. He was also interviewed by Sky Sport Italia and said the same thing. He said he sees a new Milan just from this season under Gattuso. I think we're there's progress there. But Gattuso doesn't have the best managerial record. Granted, he's young in manager years. He's been at very small clubs. This isn't just a... It's weird to call Milan a mid-table Serie outside, But this isn't your average mid-table side. This is a very difficult job. There's a lot of pressure here in a country where managers are constantly under pressure. So he's done he had a great job at Pisa he did a good job there and he was obviously doing very well with our primavera side can he see this through beyond this season I was those names that you brought up uh Conte Ancelotti I saw him as a bridge to one of those two I'm not so sure anymore I think Conte is going to go to the national team again Ancelotti does he want to go back into managing and does he want to go back to Milan Obviously, we'd welcome him back with open arms, but I I don't know. Uh, you know, the other name, before I go on, that came to mind when you were talking about guys like Conte and Mourinho, uh, Montella's situation kind of reminds me of um, Claudio Ranieri at Leicester. What they did that season in winning the title was unbelievable, but it brought on so many new expectations when you got guys that are now seen as superstars like Riyad Mahrez, Jamie Vardy, but you lose the glue to the team in Angola Conte. So they struggle. They're not competing for the title in the Premier League. They get knocked out of the Champions League despite making the knockout stage. So that should be a great moment for them. They just they moved on from Ranieri and it made no sense to me. Being a manager is hard. And obviously we've seen a revolving door at Milan since Allegri left. And obviously there's two three years is kind of the shelf life of a Milan manager anyway Ancelotti is the exception to the rule even Allegri a little bit but if he can continue the way he's going he's got Milan playing better almost better every single week if they can do something in Coppa Italia I think the only way to get to the Champions League obviously is winning the Europa League that's going to be a challenge but if they can make a run I think that we'll see enough promise with Gattuso that you kind of have to stick with him going forward because it's kind of a situation like Clarence Seedorf was in when he came in in 2014. He inherited a dumpster fire and he turned that team around and they were playing so much better at the end of the season. Moving on from him made no sense to me. You go to another manager who had no experience, Filippo Inzaghi, and things got worse. If he proves that he can handle this, you have to keep going with him past this season. Obviously, I saw that 10-year quote, and I was super skeptical. That's not going to happen. But it's a great sign that Mirabelli has confidence in this guy. And I think it's just a way to reaffirm that faith in him and let everyone know that he's behind his guy. They, if he can keep going forward, I see a lot of promise in what he can do. I absolutely agree with you. And just... A couple of their recent results um, and their position in the table. So they're currently eighth, uh, which is a huge step up from where they were when he took over. Um, they have 35 points. Um, Inter 
uh, also known as the bad guys, are in fourth place with 45. Now that's because they have been unable to win a game since they went to Juventus. Now, if Inter keeps sliding and Milan keep getting results, and Milan have 15 games to catch up 10 points, that's hard. That's really hard. The expectation on Gattuso is if he can make Champions League by any means possible, if that is a miraculous run to the top four, God bless him. If he wins Europa League, God bless him, right? If he, Even if he wins Coppa Italia, that's awesome, but I don't think his job should rely on Coppa Italia. I just hope he... I just hope he and the ownership are on the same page as to the season goals for AC Milan, which is they need to get to Champions League financially, morally, historically, everything. You need Champions League at AC Milan, which they haven't had in years. If Gattuso can get us to a European spot, I keep him. I I keep him. Now, I, I wouldn't promise, I wouldn't sign him to a 10-year contract. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, okay, well, here's the keys to the city, uh, and here's the keys to Milanello. I would say, you know, you sign him to a two-year deal, you know, put a club option in for a third, maybe. I don't know if that's how it works, if they can do that, if that's a thing. Some recent results, a 1-1 draw with Udinese, the red card on Davide Calabria, and really... Uh, and by the way, the one goal for Udinese was an own goal. The most unlucky goal. <laughs> the Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. And even Reno said it himself. He was like, you know, we dominated pretty much that whole game. It just didn't work out. Um, Lazio, nil-nil. Um, Lazio, 2-1. Uh, that was a win. And of course, playing the same team twice in a week is hard. A 2-1 win over Cagliari, uh, a 1-0 win over Crotone, 1-1 draw with Fiorentina, and of course that's been ever since the uh, the quarterfinal Coppa Italia derby win um, in late December, uh, which I was tracking in the SiriusXM studio and legitimately <laughs> threw my scarf up in happiness when I got the final <laughs> note because when Cutrone scored, because of course, who else? Um, I literally threw my hands up and I'm picturing Tiziano Crudelli right now. Oh man. It was absolutely nuts. So ever since then, that was that galvanizing moment that the team needed under one of the most motivational managers that we've seen. He's really emotional. He really just drives his players and you can tell that his spirit has gone into the team and that his heart is in it and that the players really rally around that. And that, I think, means a lot. And I think that that's doing great things. I think if they continue where on their pace, he will be just fine. He will, he will remain as head coach if this trend continues. One thing I will say before we move on to a weekend preview and, uh, of course, to those listening, thank you, of course, for listening uh, to uh, Rossoneri Offside. And you can follow us uh, at Stoll underscore P, at Tim underscore Fontenault, and at SBN 
Rossonero. And if you tweet us, you use the hashtag RossoneroPod. They have Europa League coming up. That's important. Um, he really needs to get him on the same page for that because Europa League is harder than people think it is. Uh, you need to focus. I think Andre Silva will be starting um, because he He's has been fantastic in the Europa League. He has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So I think he has to be on the pitch. If he is not, if Gattuso is not head coach going forward, I want to see him remain in the coaching staff in whatever capacity you can give him. You know, whether that's midfielders or, I don't know, yes. athletic, train. You know, I don't know what capacity you can even give him. Even back down to the Primavera. Yeah, even back in the Primavera. But keep him on the coaching staff. Keep him in the organization because he's shown the heart that he can give to this team. This team is showing heart that it showed under Seydorf at times and under Mihailovic at times. And that's why I wanted both of them to stay and not get fired and why I was disappointed when they got fired and which is why I will be disappointed if Gattuso is You've fired. You've just been saying exactly what I think is the most important part of what Mirabelli said in that interview. Because obviously the 10 years is an, an exaggeration and he was very non-committal anyway he was saying i hope he can remain we haven't decided anything we've achieved nothing yet the most important line to me was one that i threw right at the end of the story and he says quote gattuso's milanism is very deeply rooted and he has managed to reunite the environment in an extraordinary manner who could have done it better than he the answer for those of us who have followed this club be it since 2012 or 2003 we know the answer is no one could have reunited this club the way Gattuso does. He is a Milan man through and through. He is the motivator. We saw it after the Benevento match, that heartbreaking draw. Who who draws against Benevento because of a goalkeeper goal? It's insane. He said that if he'd rather be stabbed. I mean, right there, you realize that's the man for the job. He He's not going to accept this. You know, I felt like Montella was just kind of shrugging stuff off like that. Oh, we got unlucky. Gattuso was like, no, this is worse than death. <laughs> we we need a guy like this around. If he's not the manager, he's still got to be around. And like you said at the, at the start of the show, we've really kind of thrown these guys away, and we can't be doing that. Uh, the final thing we'll talk about, uh, weekend matchup, visiting Spall. Uh, that's going to be on Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I see this as a should win. I see it as a must win. Um, if they don't get three points, those questions are going to boil back up. And I don't want this team covered in uncertainty. Um, result is a must. Win is a should. I do think they're going to get a win. Uh, the news, of course, about that game is the man, the myth, the legend, Nikola Kalinic, is injured. He was pulled out of training. He will not make the trip. Um, and I can see it now that he will still be starting up front at the point striker position on crutches or what have you because there seems to be some sort of refusal to not start Nikola Kalinic. And it is absolutely killing me. It is absolutely maddening that this dude gets in every single game and he is so average and he is so not better 
than Andre Silva, and he is so not better than my man, Patrick Cutrone. One of those two is going to start this game. In all reality, uh, you're reeling it back. Uh, one of those two is going to start this game. I don't have a preference. I think Silva needs time, especially with this Europa League game coming up, which I can only assume he is going to start. I want to see Silva out there and then put Cutrone in in 65th minute, 70th minute, put Cutrone in there. You know, I, I think, you know, Silva could easily get two goals against Spal. So I do think they win. Uh, I think it's going to be a 2-1 kind of thing because nothing is ever easy with this team. But I, I do think they get a win. And I do think Silva will get his name. If he, if he starts, I think he can get his name on the score sheet and uh, start to drive away a little bit of those exit rumors that we've seen about him. You know, it's funny. We spent the last segment talking about how well Gattuso's done and what we can see from Gattuso going forward. This is, I think, his biggest flaw so far as manager. And it kind of brings me back to when he was at Pisa. This first season, they got promoted to Serie B. They were phenomenal. And then they got relegated. They finished right, right near the bottom. I think they were on the bottom. In the most amazing fashion I've seen. In Serie B last season, they had the best defensive record. They allowed the fewest goals in the league. But they scored 23. And I just, remembering Gattuso as a player, it just seems so fitting that his biggest flaw so far as manager would be his inability to produce goals from his players. And it's weird to me that Kalinic continues to be the guy that's seen as the main man. And here's the loney from Fiorentina starting over the guy we paid $40 million for. It just seems like a weird, weird way to look at that <laughs> it seems like a waste yeah and i th i always thought that kayanich was montella's guy exactly so it, it exactly. still baffles me that he gets in even under gattuso and like we know what kayanich is and we know that he won't be around for a long right. time for a while i thought he was going to be a placeholder for pellegri Ooh, from genoa yeah. i thought they were going to try and sign him and then let him grow and then when kayanich is out plug pellegri in but that didn't happen, so now I just don't see the point. Now it's just like, yeah. okay, well. See, I think this coming game is going to be a reversal of, of uh, your prediction. You were saying you think it's going to be Silva start, uh, and then Kutroni comes on. I have a feeling I could be wrong, probably will be wrong. It's going to be the other way around. I could see Kutroni getting the start. Pro maybe he'll get a goal in the first half, but then you give 25, 30 minutes to Silva in the second half. Try to bang in that second goal, put it away, and then Silva gets a start against Lugaretz. Obviously, he's got to be the guy in their Europa League. But I just don't know if Gattuso's ready to hand him the keys two games in a row. Especially, his. they should have, We like we said, they should have won that game against Udinese. I still can't believe when he didn't even get the shot on goal when Bonaventura played that brilliant ball into the box. He looked like he kind of gave up on it. He clammed up as the ball was coming toward him and just didn't even try to make an attempt on goal. It, it was baffling. 
Yeah, it, it's frustrating, man. And that's the thing about this team is it's not it's never going to be easy. We're not going to see them blow anyone out. We've already seen the blowout victory for this season, and that was earlier in the Europa League, uh, in the group stages. Um, I, I do think they'll get a win. Um, do you have a score I'm, prediction? I'm with for you. Me? I'm thinking two one. I I I just think that's the way to go because they're not. I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet. They couldn't keep it against Benevento. You know, I, I think they'll end up giving one up to Spall. But, you know, we'll see. Hopefully they can get something out of it. Hopefully they can get a full three points and just keep cruising. And, uh, of course, on the other side, uh, on the blue side of the city, uh, the bad guys are hosting Bologna. So maybe they will also manage to not win yet another game and we can get some more space on them and start really if breathing Milan down fans want next. to feel some optimism, I looked this up the other day because it, it just blew my mind. So they've now gone two months, more than two months, without a win. I believe they've played 10 games in that span. They've, they've been bad. They've been really, really bad. They, they scored. They, they have been poor. So I have the results here. So since that 5-0 um, win over Kievo at home, they go to Allianz Stadium and they draw 0-0 with Juve. Then they beat Pordenone, third division Pordenone, in the round of 16 on penalties. 3-1 loss to Udinese, 1-0 loss to Sassuolo, 1-0 loss to Milan, 0-0 Lazio, 1-1 Fiorentina, 1-1 Roma, 1-1 Spal, 1-1 Crotone. So what they have been doing now is they're proving, at the beginning of the season, they were proving everyone wrong because no one thought that they would be title contenders. Now they're proving everyone wrong because everyone who thought they were super good are being proved wrong because they can't beat the likes of Crotone, Spal, Sassuolo, etc. So, you know, hopefully they'll maybe not get a result against Bologna at the San Siro. Maybe, you know, just keep breathing down their necks. Uh... On that note, that will wrap it up for us uh, on the very first episode of the Rossoneri on side. Tim, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Patrick. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Anytime, my man. Thank you very much for listening. For Tim, for The Devil Wears Rossonero staff, I'm Patrick. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.